Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Finding Self with Jake. I'm your host, Jake Sudnick, and we'll be talking to a very special guest today. I've got Nick Slattery here with me. Hello. Nick. Okay, so before we get way too far into it, this show is, as you guys know, a journey, an exploration. I started it about a year ago when I was having trouble with my own life, trying to figure out what I was going to be doing next in life, what my next adventure was, and there was a lot of big changes going on. So we've been having guests over the past couple of weeks talk about what their experiences have been, how they have found themselves and created more of the life that they want to be living. So this is just all about what you're doing best. And Nick here has done some awesome things, so that's why I really wanted to bring him on and get him as a guest on this show, because he's had a really, really cool journey. So before we get too far into it, if you want to go ahead and give everybody a little bit of a hello, get to know you, and tell you know, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, hey, appreciate it. I'm actually pretty excited because I think I was with you for a lot of that self-exploration you were doing, and it was kind of cool to see you go through you know, that transformation. So uh, super happy to be here and talk about it. Um, yeah. I'm Nick Slattery. I'm, a, I'm in the real estate industry. Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> So I'll give a little bit of background to Nick, and this one's easier for me. So our background, we've been friends for a while, probably, what is it, five or six years now? Seven years? I don't know. So you started in real estate in 2016, is that right? Yes. Okay, 2016. So that was like the year after I got involved. On, On the show, I've talked a lot about my, you know, journey through that from you know, the starting point, a lot of people that actually have been listening have been real estate agents. So it's kind of interesting. I've, I've got a lot of feedback from that whole world of like, oh, cool. It's like neat to hear cool. the other side of it. Um, but Nick's in that in that world, too. So he's done real estate for a long time. Prior to that was in the service Marines. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, I mean, you've had an interesting run. You were in the fitness world for a while. So you I mean, as far as anybody who's been heavily involved in their adult life and self-development. You've had a lot of time in that whole area, um, and you've touched quite a few different areas of self-development, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's it's self-development. Finding yourself, I think, is a lifelong journey, and you got to... There's not one path to get there. I think that you've got to try a couple different routes before you figure out what you finally... What, what's right for you, I guess, and... I don't know, work just hasn't always been, it's never been work for me. It's kind of been the result of the work that I've done. So I've kind of bounced around. Heck yeah. And so you you mentioned like my journey a little bit and being able to see that from the outside. And I'm kind of curious what your opinion is on it. We'll talk about that later because I'm not going to focus 100% on <laughs> me. I'm here to talk to you. So <laughs> we'll get into that later on. But I think that, that I am curious, though, because just to hear the perspective, the difference, because for me, that self-development journey over the past year has been like a weird one. Um, through the whole pandemic, I think it was like a big mindset shift for a ton of people where before, you know, it, it kind of reprioritized what was important in your life. What changes did you have, whether it be like in your business or personal life? Did you make any changes when things started, you know, 2020, when we started to have issues with that? You know, prior to the pandemic, I had always been kind of in this mindset that I needed to climb some ladder that I, I, I set up myself. I was holding myself to some crazy standard based on 
what I thought I should want. So mm-hmm. I, I knew a lot of real estate agents that were making six, seven, eight figures a year, and I saw what they were doing, and I thought that that was where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And which I've thought... I've had the same mindset with every career before this. I need to, you know, be the best. I need just a hyper competitive. I need to be the best, do the best. And once the pandemic happened, I realized it's really not that serious. Hmm. Um, I had a lot of time with myself. I was, I spent four to six hours every single day, some park. And I had a lot of time to think and spend alone and kind of reflect and read books and, you know, consume some stuff. So, I think I figured out it just wasn't that serious, and that's kind of when I shifted to just doing things that I like to do that make me happy, not what I think I should be doing. That's a huge mindset shift from what you think, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. a hard one to get over. Do you think that you've been that competitive your whole life? Has that always been something that's been, like, rooted in you? Yeah, but I I don't – I think it's just the way I grew up, you know, growing up homeless and you know in some less than ideal situations i think it made me hyper competitive and yeah i think that it was more definitely an ego thing i've always had to kind of prove myself prove my mm-hmm. worth and that's you know where where i got into sports military bodybuilding yeah. you know even real estate yeah at some point can we back up a little bit? Because there's a lot of people that probably don't know your story. I, I have to remember what I do know about you and what I don't because sure. there's a lot of it for me since we've known each other so long. I kind of want to bring this back to people that are listening and this is kind of new for them. So can you go back into a little bit more now growing up? You said you grew up homeless. Um, can you kind of give us a short story about like what that was like for you and like your, you know, how it might have affected your life? I mean, just a little bit of what it was, you know, the details of my life are inconsequential. <laughs> No, I, it, it's, you know, yeah. maybe I made it sound a little bit more harsh than it was. I just, yeah. my mother had me when she was super young, mm-hmm. um, like she pregnant when she was 15. Yeah. So any 16 year old trying to raise a newborn, I, I couldn't even imagine. I'm 28 and I don't have my shit together. <laughs> I, I just couldn't imagine how hard that must have been. Yeah. I, you know, my father was never in the picture. So I spent a lot of time moving around state to state, just different places growing up. But okay. Yeah. I, did have people surrounding me that cared about me and loved me and tried their best, but mm-hmm. you know, we, you're when you know when you're born in those circumstances. Sometimes you don't live in the best neighborhoods, and yeah, you get involved with the wrong. There aren't enough good people. You get involved with the wrong people, and you start to focus on things that maybe aren't as important, like crime and you know things yeah. like that. So. When you were younger, did you ever think that you would be on the path that you are today, doing the things that you're doing today? I've since I was young, I've always been a huge thinker. Like I, I've always wanted to be in the military, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be in the military. I wanted to be a general. Okay, like you want to run shit, right? Yeah, you want. I I didn't. You know, I never. I I just never thought of things like. I guess normal people like I would when I would draw pictures like I would draw a picture of what my house is going to look like and it would be like. It would take up like a whole poster board, like just the thing. You know, I, I've just always thought that way. It was never like I want to grow up and buy a house. It was I want to buy the biggest freaking house. Be absurd. It's got <laughs> pools. It's got waterfalls. It has a roller coaster for some reason. Some crazy shit. Machine guns. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. On the roof. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And like when I was like in the military, it was never like, or when I was thinking about the military, it was never I want to be like 
you know, I want to be one of the guys on the front lines. It was like, I want to be a guy in a room with a giant map and people coming up to me and asking me to make decisions for them. Gotcha. Like I, I don't know. I just never, even when I was young, I had, I've always had this mindset. Okay, so thinking big and having like big ideas isn't something that's foreign to you at all. That's a real natural thing where it's just part of you to like want more out of things. Yeah. Do you find that that ever creates problems in your life where you like have this high expectation or have you been able to manage expectations pretty well? Every day of my life. I think the big change with the pandemic, I think that the biggest thing, it kind of helped me manage those expectations. But prior to that, I was, I would set these giant goals and I would go to when, as you know, we were both a part of the uh, coaching company. I won't say what name, uh, but we were both a part of a coaching company and I would set these giant goals and I would go to the coaches and say, Hey, you know, I want to make, I want to make a million bucks a year. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't realize they'd say it's possible, but they would, they would say, you know, it's, there's a lot it's it's something you can do but it's not something that everybody can do or you know yeah. it's it's more work than and are you willing yeah, to are you willing yeah. To, yeah that's a good yeah are you willing to do it mm-hmm. and i would go and i would work hard like way harder than anybody i know or way harder than i'd ever worked before but i was still i guess what i was trying to take on required a lot more mental bandwidth than what i actually had mm-hmm. so it's I, I just bit off way more than I can chew and rather than I when I would kinda crash or what's the word I'm looking for, when I would when I would get kinda burned out, yeah, instead of saying, Okay, I need to dial back my expectations or I need to just go in and do more, I would just get depressed and I would hate myself and then Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I would it was it was a battle for me. And it wasn't just it wasn't just with real estate, it was bodybuilding. It was, you know, any job I've had before this, I would always say I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I would work myself to the point where I'd get burnt out and then I would hate myself for it. And That's that's a challenging thing. I actually talked to uh, my guest yesterday, Colleen, that I was sitting down with. We had a long conversation about um, part of like the self-talk and how you treat yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm. And this is something I wanted to talk to you about because I was thinking about this too, and I know that you've read um, the David Goggins Can't Hurt Me book. Sure. Right? So, And that's like when you talk about positive self-talk, like that's the exact opposite of it. That's like you beat yourself to death. And I think that there's a time and place for that, mm-hmm. right? But if that is your only thought, I don't know. I, I struggle with that. I guess it depends on each person, right? Because it can be effective. It yeah. can for sure be really effective. It depends on your goals. I mean, if I, if I know, like, if I'm going on a run and I know that the discomfort, if it's super cold or if it's, yeah. you know, my muscles are hurting, and I know I'm not pushing myself to a point where I'm going to get hurt, then that's it. It's effective to, you know, hey, you. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to give ex- examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anybody that hasn't hasn't read the book um, or knows about what David Goggins is about, he's he's a little he's a little rough around the edges. I think would be a good description. He's a little bit harsh on himself. Sure. Um, <laughs> he pretty much is always like he, he's his whole thing is really you know calling himself out aggressively for. He pr- yeah. I, he probably is the yeah. world 
leading expert on mental toughness. Exactly. But his background, he was also he was also one of the baddest, you know, in one of the baddest war fighting organizations on the planet. So yep. his profession required that. Correct, yeah. Selling real estate doesn't require <laughs> that. You don't yeah, you don't have to be hardened to the point of I mean, I guess you could, but it also makes you a little bit of a scary human in that. <laughs> but I think I think knowing yourself. Yeah. And I, I think that there there's a lot you could take away from that. And there is a time and place. For like sure. you know, back to my previous example, you know, if I was working twelve, fifteen hours a day and getting burnt out, that's one thing. Yeah. But if I'm sitting at home and you know, I'm not in the place where I want to be, but there are things that I could be doing to get there. Mm-hmm. I think being honest with yourself, like, you know, I think being honest with yourself, like, if you feel lazy, maybe you're freaking lazy. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> you know, unhappy, like, you know, if you're not where you want to be mm-hmm. physically, then I think, you know, coming to terms with that, like, it, it's better than. Like coming to terms with that might be the push that you need. Like, hey, if you're fat, then maybe you're fat, and you need to work on that. Mm-hmm. But justifying it to the point where, like, the, the only, you know, you can only love yourself so much. I think yeah. justifying it to the point where you do nothing about it is more toxic than, yeah. It's a, it's a dangerous place. And I think that you have to look at, for, for me, the way that I always kind of, well, what I've, I've noticed this. The more people that I've talked to about this, I've started to see a difference because there's some people that are very much on the positivity. We need that. Some people need a little bit of negative kick in the ass to get moving. Mm -hmm. I think that you really have to be careful with where that is coming from. Sure. Because basing those things, if you have that mindset and you're basing it off of external factors, it's not internal. Like Goggins is an example of like, yeah, it might be external sometimes, but he is internally like, those are some demons he's fighting. He says that shit. Sure. So like, but that's part of him. So if you're basing, whether it's being, you know, super lovely to yourself or super, you know, aggressively saying like, you need to move and get shit done, knowing where that comes from, if you're basing it off of what other people's expectations were with you. Now that for me, when we talked about like the coaching thing and why I made so many changes in my life over the past year, it largely had to do with my decisions were based off of the people around me. Sure. I wasn't thinking about what I needed for myself because it's a lot easier when I'm doing it for me to be able to go and say, okay, well I, you know, I, I am doing this hard work because it's something that I want. When I'm doing this hard work because it's something that somebody told me to do that I think I should want, that is it's not going to get done. Well, sure, like the coaching <laughs> example, we were when we would travel for that company, we would meet multiple people that are yeah. worth multiple figures. Mm-hmm. And we would see that and think it's cool, we'd go out to these nice dinners and we would do all this really cool stuff, but at the end of the day I think that the only reason we wanted those things is because we saw other people doing it and we felt like we should as well. Or if you feel like you're fat or you're out of shape, Mm -hmm. then you might only want to get in shape because of other people's opinions of you. That's where it starts. You know how you look in a wedding dress or how you sure. Sure. Now it's, it's, and uh, there's a distinguishing factor, I think, between physical appearance and health too. That's another thing that has been like brought about more, right? That that's, Right, but no one cares about the health. <laughs> the, and uh, whereas, wh- where that should be the the focal the focus point, right? So many people get, and we'll talk more about the that because I'm curious your opinions on that. But back to like the whole. I, was saying, I don't think yeah. people care about their health until they're 
until they realize that they need to care about their health. That's the scary part, right? Oh, gosh. I know that that... I mean, it was true for me. I've done that. I was talking about... Uh, maybe, I don't know when it was, but at some point in time on the show, I was talking about how I pretty much work out for my mental health, not my physical health now. Yeah. Like, I've changed it to the point where I know that exercise is something that burns anxiety for me. So I like to exercise because I know it helps me get rid of that, like, negative toxic shit in my head that makes me, you know, crazy. So, like, it, it's more about that than how I feel. Like, I, it, obviously, your physical and mental are connected. But being able to go to the gym and be like, okay, I'm going to conquer some demons. Like, that's some shit that I really relate with because I like that feeling. Like, I want to, like, get all of that stuff purged from my head. And that's the time I can, like, physically beat it out of me. Yeah, when I (laughs) I used to go to the gym and I I was a a competitive powerlifter strongman. And I I was one of those guys Mm -hmm. in the corner that only did, like, only lifted things because I, like, I... I would only do lifts because other people were watching. I would specifically uh. go at the busiest times. I would wear the least amount of clothes that I could, and I would lift the heaviest weights I could and make a lot of noise while I was doing it. Yeah. And at some point, I kind of figured out that I wasn't... I don't. I was just getting to the point... I've had a couple surgeries now, and I was at the point where I just was always sore and not feeling good, and it just didn't... It was kind of cool. You know, you're proud to be able to set new limits and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i'm happy just just getting in there i'm still a little social in the gym i'm happy yeah. just going to the gym working out and feeling good about myself and so f- how has that experience changed for you and that, i know that's kind of what you're saying here but like when you're talking about the difference from being in that like mentally the headspace where you're thinking okay i'm kind of doing this because that's that's exactly that right you're doing this for the people in the room because you're showing off a little bit it's fun to be noticed it's exciting because people are looking how has that changed and like in your day-to-day being able to go in and maybe not have that thought as much or is that thought still present for you i post on social media a lot less um i mean it's still you know, every time a bigger dude walks by, or every time a cute girl walks by, you still show off a little bit, but puff up a bit. <laughs> you don't take up, you know, a third of the gym and make sure everybody's looking at you. Yeah, I like it's, it's just now I'm in there. I'm working out for me. I'm listening to books and yeah, music, and I'm in kind of my own zone. Mm-hmm. Before I was, you know, I, I was definitely just there for my ego. Nice. Okay. Well, that's a, that's cool, man. And congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on your change that's <laughs> that's pretty cool though man i think that like and we talk about on this show specifically your journey your development where you've been as a you know where you've been as a person and kind of taking it back a little bit of a step here so you and i kind of want to work through your your life so people have a better idea you you got past the part where you, you you're out of school now you said you grew up uh, largely homeless was that through the majority of your younger life no it wasn't even close to the majority it was okay. just i don't want to say the highlight but those are some of the stick with you some of the more less pleasant memories are kind of the ones that you know that stick with you some of my earliest memories sure but no later on especially once i got into high school life was good Okay. Well, I didn't think so at the time. I kind of went through an emo phase, but <laughs> uh, it's not a phase. <laughs> Relatively <laughs> speaking, life was good. So looking back, like that part was a little bit better. Now you got out of high school and it was right to the military from there. Yeah, like three weeks later, I was gone. Okay, 
Now, with that experience, how do you think that your experience in the military has shaped you in your adult life? This is going to be a pretty, I don't want to say controversial, but <laughs> getting into the military is kind of, for me was kind of like seeing how magic worked. Mm. Like, I, I don't, I always held, I, I always held these, especially the Marine Corps, I always held these people to just the highest human standard possible. Like, mm. these were the baddest dudes on the planet and they, and it, the Marine Corps is the baddest war fighting organization on the planet. Mm-hmm. But I guess when I kind of got into it and I, I think a big part of it, I didn't join during wartime. Okay. And wartime Marine Corps is a lot different than, you know, the time, you know, peacetime Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. So the emphasis isn't necessarily on training to be proficient at your job. Mm-hmm. The emphasis kind of goes more towards you know, having the best uniform, having the cleanest room. And to me, those things, that's that's kind of why I ultimately made the decision to, I ultimately made the decision to get out. I understand that those, you know, making sure your uniform's perfect and your room is clean and still discipline and being a warrior, the biggest thing, that the biggest quality that makes you a good warrior is to be super disciplined. But I think having too much of that and not enough of, you know, not enough experience in the field and doing things that warfighters do, I think kind of, I don't want to say turned me off, but just kind of, um, kind of what ultimately made the decision for me to get out. It's, mm-hmm. if, if we went back to war, it would be something, because there have been a couple times in recent history where it, it looked like we were going to go back to war and yeah. I strongly considered joining again and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I still I'm still in shape and I'm still I could probably still you know excel in shooting and all, all the yeah. things that made you a good warrior I could still do those things but that's interesting to me so as a person that's like never had an interest in that because that's just like it's a completely different mindset than I have so that's something that you would still have interest in like do you feel like there's part of your like in doing your time in the Marine Corps do you feel like there's a little bit of it that maybe you left on the table, like there's something that you should have went back for to finish off or like, what is it that, that drives that for you? Yeah. One thing that I, one of my biggest things now is I, I don't believe in, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't believe in half-assing things. So like if I clean something now, like I don't, I don't like clean around the garbage can or I don't like, you know, I, I, if I do something, I'm going to do it full ass or nothing. Exactly. <laughs> got it. <laughs> about a year into the Marine Corps, once I got into like the fleet and stuff like that, I kind of the the term that we use is dropped your pack. So when you're you know, when you're hiking and you're you're carrying this pack, you know, when, when you give up, you drop it. Okay. And about a year, year and a half in, I number one kinda got mixed in with a crowd that a crowd of guys that were all within a year of getting out, so they really didn't care. God. That was my leader, my immediate leadership. So that kind of rubbed off on me, and I just once I set my mind, you know, once once my mind was made up that you know once my four years is up, I'm going home and I'm going to start a life and yeah, do these things. Then I kind of stopped caring. So there are parts of me that wish I would have given it a little bit more because I you know when we're doing some field exercises, it was hard for me to 
focus on the present when my mind was shifted into going home. Yeah. Yeah. It it was it was so I, I do wish I would have worked a little bit harder at that. And I wish I would have I think every military person says this. I wish I would have just not come home in those four years and just stayed you know, I, I was in some beautiful places. Yeah, yeah. When I my first couple of years in, I was just super focused on work and being a good Marine and college and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't take time to experience what I was doing. This is something I'm looking back now is twenty at twenty eight in retrospect. This isn't something that I thought of, you know, when I was when I was out, I was out. Yeah, yeah. But when I, I lived in Hawaii and Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I was so focused, even after I got to the point where I didn't care about the Marine Corps anymore or I didn't care about my job anymore, I still started focusing on college, on bodybuilding, on the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was officially out of the military and tried to live in Hawaii for a few months that I actually started going out and doing things like hiking and just doing all these things. So that's mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest regrets and I've it, not just Hawaii. I've spent time in the Koreas, Guam, um, Okinawa, Japan, mainland Japan. Mm. I've been to all these places, and I was so focused on you know getting to the pool every morning or getting to you know you know getting to the gym or you know, focusing on day. college yeah. that I just didn't care about exploring these places. So now. You know, it, it's one of those things I look back on and regret a little bit. Yeah, I can I can understand that. I think that, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because we've traveled together a decent amount. You think that's changed how you travel now? Because I've noticed like when we go to places, you almost always have a plan of like, if I'm here, I'm going to go see or do this thing at least while I'm here. So like, I, I at least I've noticed that about you now that you know, whenever we've gone on trips together. Again, it's a lifelong transformation. Like when you know, the couple trips that you and I have gone on, I think mm-hmm. at first I was still doing those things for other people. I'm like, okay, okay well, if we're in Vegas, like I got to just so I can talk about the experience or yeah. post pictures of the experience. Like I wasn't necessarily present mm-hmm. over the last, like pretty much since the pandemic. I think that that's a good, that's kind of where I had this epiphany. I started focusing on the present. So, yeah, I'm not. Like, I used to be super concerned about what other people thought of me. Now I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> if people are talking about me, you know. Great. Yeah. If, if if I see people out in public and they're talking about me or, you mm-hmm. know, there are people that don't like me that talk about me on Facebook, it really, like, genuinely, I'm just unbothered <laughs> in, every, in every sense of the word. Like, yeah. Yeah, there are times where I'm wondering, you know, what I do to that person. Sure. It just, it's none, what they think about me is none of my business. So now when I travel, I'm more focused on living in the moment. Okay. And I think, and it's not just when I travel, it's when I, you know, when I do anything. If I'm, I still work pretty hard. I think that's ingrained in me. I have a pretty high mental bandwidth, but I am genuinely, instead of focusing on, the end result or the next big thing. Now I'm focused on what I'm doing right now. Heck yeah, man. That's, that's a huge transformation. And I think it's so interesting how just the past couple of years, how it's affected people differently. And like so many people have had this like big, just I'm living my life wrong. I need to do it a little bit. You know, I I need to do it different. I think it was almost just that 
it, <laughs> however long the you know lockdown period lasted for each person having to sit with your thoughts for that little mm -hmm. bit of time even if it was just the week or whatever it was or just knowing that life could be drastically different than what it had been for years for our entire existence that we knew yeah. like things got different fast and i think it made people reevaluate on a big way how they're living one thing that kind of stuck out to me um mm -hmm. I just noticed that there were people around us that were putting all of their focus, time, and energy into their careers and into these things that really didn't matter. Once the pandemic happened and all of these businesses, employers were starting to realize that, you know, this is going to be bad. Yeah. They just dropped everybody like, like they were nothing. Like I don't want to use specific examples, but it happened around us. It happened around us. There was a time in my career right at the beginning of the pandemic where I was very, very, I was torn on what I wanted to do with as my, you know, where, you know, how I wanted to transition my career, making that transition would have, it, it well yeah I made it since and it's been the best thing I've ever done yeah but making that transition would have been good for me and I knew it but I was just emotionally tied to you know what I was doing mm -hmm. so it I drug out that transition in like a year and a half mm -hmm. once the pandemic happened and I saw people just you know I, I saw what you know the individual person or employee actually meant to people yeah then it just i just under you know one, once i saw that it just made me not made the decision care. really easy at that point in time Super when you could easy. see how how people around you were being treated and what you wanted what you were looking for in your life was different and when those i, I guess it probably brought out that in the people making de decisions on the other side too right if you think about it from that perspective they're making decisions that they think are best for themselves their company their life their business whatever it is and it brought out this unalignment i guess mm -hmm. i don't know the best word to use but if you weren't aligned with the person's goals whether it be your work life your personal life your relationships it was very evident at that time when people started to show more of what they were mm -hmm. in that moment because i think that that was a big factor for a lot of people yeah so to kind of take a step further from that now You've talked about military life up until you did the bodybuilding. You did real estate after that. And those have been kind of a transition from one to the other where you're in the self-employed world. What's next, man? Continuing to get lazier and lazier. <laughs> Slowly um, <laughs> until... <laughs> the, I think the reason I got into real estate, it was kind of... I've always been obsessed with the impact that I'm having with those people around me. And it, whether it was fitness or it was bodybuilding or it was the military, I've always liked how, and a little bit of it's ego, uh -huh. I've always liked how people looked at me and mm -hmm. wanted to replicate what I was doing. Okay. And I, so that's always been the byproduct of the work I've done, and that's where I've always gotten my fulfillment. Sure. But the as I started to get into the real estate field, I... I still have that same fulfillment, but I think becoming financially independent was a huge driving force behind that. Mm -hmm. And the majority of you know millionaires have real estate in their portfolio. So to me, it made sense to start to pursue that and learn about it. 
Um, the past couple of years, I, I've kind of dedicated myself to becoming a student of the trade and just learning how to be financially independent. I was focused on making money, which I've been good at, uh-huh. but I've been horrible at managing my own. So the last couple of years, I've really focused on managing my own, getting mm-hmm. out of debt, and making money. So my goal is in the next few years, I'm I'm hoping to make steps to... I don't want to say retire. That's a horrible... I, I don't think my I could ever be restless and not do anything. Sure, sure. But I want to make work optional cool. or at least build something that... I, I, I want to at least build something that sets an example for other people. It's it's inspiring for others. Yeah. So I'm starting to focus on rather than getting bottle service and mm-hmm. you know driving a pretentious car and doing all these things, my focus now is to put money into assets that will start to work for me and increase my own personal production. Yeah. So that I can, you know, do the things I want to do. I'm in my early to mid thirties, I wanna be able to step back and do the things I want to do. If I want to spend the week in, you know, foreign country, or if I want to work, I can. I have the option to do those things. Heck I think yeah. that's anybody's goal. Perfect. And if we go to war, you might be able to do it a lot faster. If you go back to the military, that's true. <laughs> so I'm just teasing. I might be too old now. I don't know what <laughs> what the age is to rejoin, but I might be too old. That's not bad. That is super inspiring. And I think that to take a little bit of what you're saying on the mindset aspect have you noticed a development in your life then where you said originally in your younger life the focus was i like the attention but it's about me now it sounds like it's a similar source but you've filtered it in a healthier way like i like the attention because it could help me help someone is what i'm starting to gather is a difference i think it's always been a little Mm -hmm. bit about that i mean it's yeah it's a balance between ego and helping others like it's like not, there's not a single person on this planet that's a hundred percent selfless. <laughs> no, no, that's, no, no. So there's <laughs> obviously some self-interest. You know, it, you're, you're talking to a guy that talks to himself for forty-five minutes a day <laughs> and helps people listen. So I understand <laughs> what you're ta- what exactly what you're saying. Like doing <laughs> these things, I guess. You know, the way people look at you is cool. Uh, yeah. Like I, I guess a, a good example. You know, when I first started bodybuilding, um, and I got off stage for the very first time, you know, I had a group of guys come up to me. And, you know, hey, dude, like we saw you in the gym, man, and we've been like trying to replicate your workouts. Will you work out with us sometime? Like that's kind of I remember like that moment. I don't know why it stuck out to me so much, but I remember in that moment, that's when I kind of like shifted like this is cool. Ah, So, yeah, there's a a big part of its ego. Like I'm hyper competitive and I you know want to be, you know, the dominant force in whatever it is that I'm doing. Sure. But I think a lot of it is for other people and not just. It's I, I like when they you know I like being able to be in a mentor inspirational coaching role and I think that that's uh, that's now the driving force behind what I do like yeah so you're not gonna be uh, so what you wouldn't be upset uh, over helping someone and seeing them be successful you'd be you'd be cheering them on you'd be uh, you'd be pumped to see it happen right but on the flip side I'm also just as callous to those people who. I, I won't say callous, but there you know there are some people that aren't they don't want solutions or they don't want help. They just want you to they just want to justify why they're not doing what they're doing and you know oh that's you don't want to get too much into that, but that's I don't 
I don't feel for those people as much, I guess. No, and you can't you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves or can't get to the one of the earliest steps of being able to make progress in life, whatever that direction might be, is being able to say the things that aren't you know great about yourself, whatever your issue might be, and be able to take ownership over what you do in life. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. O- and I think that that's a big one. And I know that we've talked about this on a personal level in the change in mindset of being able to switch from a place like, I don't know, when we're younger, it's so easy to blame circumstance, right? Sure. To that idea of taking more ownership of the things in your life. Because I know that was a big change for me where, you know, you feel bad for yourself, but it doesn't get you anywhere. You know, it's not a, sure. <laughs> it's not a positive thing in any way. You get to the point where you're just like... I think one of the biggest shifts for me in my mind, what was the biggest f- thing that caused this shift for me? Mm-hmm. You get to the point where you realize how insignificant you are. I don't want to say insignificant, but... No, you're right, though. I'm like a mega macroeconomic scale, or even, you know, like it, in a universal perspective, you are such a small, a, such a small part of existence. Yeah. And even if you, even on a smaller scale in the world macroeconomic, mega macroeconomic scale, you're such a small part of, you know, you're such a small part and you're only here for such a short time. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense to allocate all of your time and energy to some, something that you'll never experience or reap the benefits of, you know, mega, mega macroeconomic cycles are hundreds and hundreds of years long. Nobody's alive for that whole thing. So it just doesn't make sense to, it doesn't make sense to not live in the moment and not care. So the, where you can make an impact, I think you should, like I've got a four year old and Mm -hmm. he replicates your behavior and that's, you know, f- you know, little kids, they replicate what they see around them in the world. And, you know, that's how they make sense of it. Yeah. And other people replicate what you're doing. Those things, I think, you know, you're, you're insignificant, but you can make an impact where you can. So I mm-hmm. think that the, I, it's hard to explain. This is kind of coming out as I'm thinking about it. Sure. It's, Rather than focusing on contributing to this thing that you're this giant, you know, universe that you're not even, uh, you know, you're not even a grain of sand in. Mm-hmm. Rather than contributing to that, you contribute to the things that make you feel good and fulfill yourself. And for yeah. me, that happened to be, you know, the people around me replicating what I was doing. You know, my kid, my you know, people I work with, people, friends, family whatever that's where i got that fulfillment and yeah. i just stopped caring about isn't it interesting when that starts to happen and you get to that point where you are being more self-aware and you're doing the things that you care about how all of that time you spent fighting you become so much more effective when you're actually doing the thing that is like more in alignment with you like yeah. i noticed a, a substantial difference in like just not only my personal quality of life, but like the shit that I was trying to do that I struggled with for so long started happening so happening so much easier because I was doing it in a way that like felt right with me. And that's such a hard thing to explain to people who Mm -hmm. might be going through it or trying to figure that out still, because like, I don't have a really good way to explain it. You know, I, I, 
I, I have an idea, an understanding of what I changed, but in the moment when I was trying to figure out like what would make my life better, it was a hard thing for me to understand because I just felt like shit. Like I didn't know what it was that I needed to do really. Like I just knew that what I was doing wasn't working. So it was kind of that idea you mentioned earlier of like, am I trying enough things? Am I going out and spending that time with myself to understand who I am? Because that was that's why I do this. Well, I think like, when you're a positive force in this world, yeah, you attract, you you just naturally attract other. I don't even want to say positive. You attract everything to you. Like when we were both trying to, you know, sell a million houses a year, and we were prospecting pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. You know, we spent most of our days just fighting with people that didn't want to work with us. Yeah. And even when we did get, you know, we were doing business, we would still fight with strangers over, you know, the transactions that were working. Now, I don't know if this is the same for you, but for yeah. me at least, I stopped holding myself to that standard. And now all of the business that I do comes from people that just that seek me out because they want to work with me. Yeah, I might not be making the same thing I was making before, mm-hmm. but... You know, I was working 12, 15 hour days and super unhappy. Now I work four to six hours, super effective and super happy with, you know, the things that I do in my free time. So, well, and the really cool part about this too, and this is, this might be more real estate specific, but I think it could apply to anybody who's in a, you know, whether they're an entrepreneur or a business owner. I think that once you start to seek out more of that, what you're saying, the clientele that is more natural and already in, you know, by expanding your group as opposed to trying to like find people that don't really fit with you mm-hmm. by doing that at the beginning, it's might be a little bit slower, but like for myself, I can already see it's growing back. Like the part that I cut out, it's not there immediately, but it's growing back and it's growing back better because now I'm doing it in a way that's more aligned with what I wanted to do. Sure. So, I mean, for anybody in that, in that world, yeah, you know, figure out the thing that you care about, you like, and just like push double into it like i think that that's like the best way to go because man it's a big difference it really is mm-hmm. man so question did you have you ever done the um it's that personality t- test that's like I, I don't know if it's newer or not but the enneagram one do you know your number there no i know what you're talking about yeah. but i've never done it i'd be curious to see what yours is i would bet that based off of other people that i've talked to you might sit in an eight which is kind of like a similar to like a driver type personality style a little okay. bit but there are. The, is this like numerology? Yes, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna okay. read your palms actually. <laughs> so if you can put no, your I, hand on the it table. No, it's a genuine question. I don't, I don't I don't know what it is. No, this one's not. So it's it is a personality test, but it deals with. Um, I talked to Colleen yesterday about this. How you, how you like react to the world around you, and it's mo- more based off of like how you emotionally react to things. Okay. And it's really interesting. It's a scale based off of like where you are how you like answer these questions if you deal with things positively or negatively and you can fall into like one of eight categories I want to say it is. Okay. So and then you have like two other subcategories that you could also fall into that your personality style like deals with things. So I'd be mm. curious to hear what yours is and kind of see how that might have played into or how it because when I did mine I look back at like how I was earlier in my life and I'm like what the fuck? like this is creepy. Like that's literally like how I would make decisions because mine was very people pleasing and like that's like a big one for me. So part of what I like to speak on a lot and even when I talk to people now comes from the places that I was weak because I'm like I know that there's other people that deal with it and it's the easiest thing for me to relate with. Like my strength was 
people pleasing to the point where I would do things and then I would expect shit in return that was mm-hmm. completely un like uncalled for like I didn't ask them for it ever. I just expected people would do things for me because I'm like, I'm super nice to everyone all the time. Why am I not getting shit back in life? And I would get bummed out about it. Sure. <laughs> like, so that was like a weird one for me. But then to see that, de- that development and growth to like when you start figuring your shit out and acting more like, you know, a reasonable person and then seeing how other people act in their life, it's kind of really neat to be able to start identifying those like in, in social situations. So as a person, I, I know how you like to be able to have a little, like you get some interest in reading people, right? Like mm-hmm. what is the one book? Um, I talked to somebody about it the other day. Oh, gosh, it's escaping me. It doesn't matter. But that's, I, I think that would that's be right up your alley. Books on personality. <laughs> yeah, it would be right up your alley for sure. Heck yeah, man. So I'd be interested in taking and figuring out what my number is. Heck yeah. So, any parting notes or advice you'd leave for somebody who's trying to work through their own life, still figure out what they want to do, figure out what their path is, and they're just kind of not sure where they're going. Like, any advice that you give to that person that's still trying to figure their shit out? I think finding yourself again is just a lifelong process. It's not, you're not going to wake up one morning and just be 100% fulfilled. Yeah. Uh, so my advice to those people would be just, you know, listen to yourself. You're not, you're not even a grain of sand in the middle of the ocean. You know, when it, you know, when you scale it to a universal level. Yeah. So do the things. Just listen to yourself and do the things that make you happy. Heck yeah, man. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's super important. And if any of reason that doesn't work, the talking to yourself, you can start a podcast and talk to yourself even more. <laughs> and then with your headphones on, it's really easy. I mean, perfect. perfect. <laughs> that, that's awesome advice, man. Thank you so much for doing this today and sharing with everybody your story and giving everybody a little insight into who you are, what you do. Um, is there anywhere people could find you if they want to connect? Yeah. Um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'll When this is posted on your page, I'll drop my links in the comments. Okay. Links will be perfect. What's your name on uh, Instagram so people can find you? You know, I actually don't know. <laughs> I didn't send any show prep for Nick today, so this is 100% on me. But you can find him on Facebook, Nick Slattery. Uh, I assume that if you search that on Instagram, you'd find the same thing. Yeah, it's Nick Slattery and then under uh, underscore. Nick Slattery underscore. Awesome, yep. man. Cool. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Finding Self with Jake. You can find the podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to your shows. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Right on. Thanks for having me.